In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred B., and today I want to invite you to join me in knocking the dirt up off our shoulders, as the great Hove uh, would say, and shaking off this bad news that just tries to uh, surround us, you know? Um, I want to talk about containers, conduits, co-conspirators, and capitulators. I know it's kind of crazy right now, and uh, I, I know I got the alliteration going, but it'll make sense when I begin to unpack it. But first, let's get into these ground rules. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. All right, so, you know, like I always do, let me give you the backstory uh, of how we got here. Today's episode is inspired by, uh, you know, part of my morning regimen includes spending a few minutes just reading, you know, to kind of feed my mind and nourish my spirit as I set my attention for the day, try to get into something edifying before I encounter the inevitable challenges of the day. So usually right after I hit the gym, uh, I spend about 10 minutes journaling and uh, organizing my uh, my task list for the day. And on my way to the car, sometimes I'm listening to an audio book or um, I will spend a few minutes before I walk inside the house to get the kids ready, just thumbing through a book uh, that, I, you know, that 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 seems appropriate for the day. And so one day I was reading from one of my favorite morning reads, which I just kind of kind of repeat is uh, the Daily Stoic. I love Stoicism, Stoicism um, and the whole philosophy. Uh, and that book is by Ryan Holiday. But anyway, that day's reading was so fire that it lit a fire in me to the point that I started expounding. And uh, what resulted from that is today's episode. So let me just read an excerpt uh, that lit my fire for you. And it's titled, Somewhere Someone's Dying. And it says, whenever disturbing news is delivered to you, bear in mind that no news can ever be relevant to your reasoned choice. Can anyone break news to you that your assumptions or desires are wrong? No way. But they can tell you someone died. Even so, what is that to you? Now, I know that sounds cold, but here uh, in the following paragraphs, They kind of unpack it, uh, frame it for you. So here it goes. It says a well-meaning frame I'd ask you today. What do you think about 
And then it says, parenthetically, insert tragedy from the other side of the world. You and your equally well-meaning concern might say, I just feel awful about it. In this scenario, both of you have put aside your reasoned choice without doing a single thing for the victims suffering from the actual tragedy. It can be so easy to get distracted by, even consumed by, horrible news from all over the world. The proper response of the Stoic to these events is not to not care, but mindless, meaningless sympathy does very little either and comes at the cost of one's own serenity in most cases. If there is something you can actually do to help these suffering people, then yes, the disturbing news and your reaction to it has relevance to your reason choice. If emoting is the end of your participation, then you ought to get back to your own individual duty, to yourself, to your family, and to your country, end quote. You see what I'm saying? I told y'all it was fire, right? It looked, look, it, it was so refreshing and so poignant, uh, such a poignant reminder of the truth that, look, we don't have the grace to tend to our affairs and every local and global event in the world. In the words of Hove, you know, uh, there's bigger problems in the world I know, but I first got to take care of the world I know. And I think we underestimate how damaging uh, being so uh, au courant, being in the cognizante, uh, being in the know is as it relates to all the bad news, our mental health uh, and, and productivity. You know, it really takes a toll. And, you know, we only have so much bandwidth and there's only so many hours in the day. And if we exhausted with other people's burdens and unfortunately, many of us spend a lot of our uh, bandwidth in the in the first few hours of waking up. And we haven't even gotten to lunch yet. Right. And if we exhausted with other people's burdens, especially those whom we cannot help or probably wouldn't help, even if we could. Now, what happens is we're aware of their situation in addition to our situations that demand and deserve our best and highest, clearest level of thought. You know, it, it puts us in a position where we're left with it or we're hit with a double whammy of having at least two situations now where our knowledge and our sympathy doesn't even produce any type of results. It didn't profit anyone. Instead, at best, you know, really all it did was squander our, our, our essence, squander our, our attention and our bandwidth, you know. Um, now, let me make sure you're picking up what I'm laying down. This is not to say that you need to be oblivious to current affairs. I don't think that's helpful either. These people that live in a bubble and think that it's just they cannot engage on any level. No, we have a, uh, a duty uh, to participate, uh, to make a contribution. If we're going to take up space, if we're going to occupy space and take up resources, then we should be making some type of contribution and our contribution needs to be informed. So please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that if we're going to, you know, receive updates about current affairs, even if it's bad news, that it should at least, um, be on demand. It should be on our own terms and on our own time, it should be when we invited, when we solicited, not just being, you know, hit with a deluge of, uh, of, of misfortune and bad news. So let me change gears here and let me talk about, you know, one of those, you know, I, I, I threw out the alliteration. So let me talk about the first C, which is containers. Now, containers, as we know, uh, uh, containers are receptacles. They serve the purpose of collecting and storing content. I want to challenge you to make a vow to yourself and I'm going to make the same vow to myself. So we together are, we're going to vow to ourselves 
and, and those who were responsible to and for that we will not be containers or receptacles for bad news. You can't dump here, fam. No one has the right to just come and deposit bad news into my space, nor do I consider it a badge of honor to have collected all the bad news and all the trauma porn of the day just so I can brag and say, look at me, I'm relevant. Y'all, look, look, there's no power, there's no virtue, there's no profitability, there's no progress, there's there's not even any peace in, in just collecting that type of data. In fact, it is the it leads often to the absence of peace. So we need to set a standard and we need to enforce a boundary that precludes and prevents and maybe even punishes people who just willy nilly spread viruses in the form of bad news to us without, you know, our express consent. We we uh, we must because, you know, we got so much to lose. We must be vigilant to guard our hearts and to steward our emotions, you know, because people have all kind of uh, intentions concerning us. You know, some people are well-meaning. Some people are just unconscious, just kind of sleepwalking, you know, Um, and they will run to tell you bad news without even considering, without even pausing to think about, you know, the mental space that you might be in. You might already be on the brink of tears. Some of you, you know, it's just real. Some people are on the brink of suicide, battling depression. You don't even need to hear any other bad news. You need something uplifting, right? So they'll be presumptuous about your capacity to entertain their burden. And I know they're just friends, so they think that you being their friend kind of gives them a sense of entitlement that, of course, you're going to want to hear their news. And it's not to say that you don't want to hear it, but you probably can't stand to hear it at that particular time. Sometimes you could be sharing something that is the right act, but it's the wrong time, you know, and we cannot make the mistake of rewarding the news with our attention because similar to how social media operates. Right. Uh, our, our entire life runs like an algorithm. And, and the fact that whatever we respond to, whatever we reward with our attention, life or people tend to generously give us more of it because because our our nonverbal cues by virtue of giving our attention says, yeah, I welcome that. I receive that. And so we got to ask ourselves, do I really want more bad news? You know, we cannot compliment bad news with our attention uh, if we don't want it to affect uh, our, our, our vibe for that day. We, if we want to be on a higher frequency, then we have to make sure we have the corresponding actions uh, and enforce the right boundaries to protect that type of vibe. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Fred Talks. Remember, Talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, Imagine how electric a live Fred Talk session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but when it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. 
The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented, motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks at mail.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. All right. So uh, worse than being a container for other people's bad news is being a conduit, conduit and carrier of, of bad news. Right. We cannot be a conduit or we should not be a conduit of bad news. We don't want to rock with parasites. We don't want to host. We, we, we want to move a little bit differently than uh, some of our some of our contemporaries. So if we fail to reject bad news as it's being broadcasted, what will happen is uh, we will not only become the containers of the bad news, but because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now our heart is so replete with uh, that bad news. We've been become so consumed with it that we are more prone now to be conduits or carriers uh, and messengers of that same bad news, spreading it to other people. So before you know it, if you if you'll be part of the 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 uh, the reason you'll be a part of a reason why trauma a trauma post went viral or our gossip went viral you will be a part of it you'll be a partaker of it you know how it goes sometimes uh, unfortunately you know uh, somebody gets mowed down by police brutality or there's a situation of unfortunately uh, sex trafficking child pornography or something like that and some sick people they they think there's virtue in it. They want to inbox you on your Facebook messenger like, hey, look at this. And they frame it like, look at how disgusting this is. But still, they're participating just by virtue of sharing it. They're helping it to go viral. They're being a conduit now because they first received it and now they're spreading it. Right. You you see what I'm saying? And so even if you don't intend to participate, once you entertain the information, you know, maybe your mood was so discernibly different that others inquired about it. And you innocently share the source of your changed energy and there, thereby transferring it. So somebody can say, well, what's wrong? And then you start saying, well, I just read about X, Y, Z, or did you hear X, Y, Z? So you got to really be intentional about what you, what you're sharing and what you're receiving. Just like a water hose cannot carry water without getting wet. You cannot spread bad news without getting some of that bad news, some of that crap on you. You become complicit in altering the mood of other people uh, when you take that information to them and even the people that they take the information to. Now you, you, you're wrapped in. You're, you're looped into it. You know, you become a conduit of that bad news. And we, we got to say, yo, the buck stops here. You know what I'm saying? We got to learn how to cut people off or cut their message off abruptly unapologetically because it's that serious. Hey, next thing I want to encourage you guys about is to not capitulate to bad news. Truth is bad news can get us down. It can affect all of us that way if we let it because, you know, we're human, right? So unfortunately, some of us have a steady diet of bad news right on our social media timeline. So it's at the the tip of our fingers, right? Um, Or right in our communities, the communities we live in. Or right in our household or in our selected circles and Lord, even in some of our churches and with some of the cliques. I mean, even um, I've seen this where the meeting is about prayer and it should be solution oriented, but it becomes problem focused and it becomes a um, it becomes a space where we're just licking each other wounds and talking about how defeated we are. 
outsourcing critical thinking and solutions, <laughs> you know, absolving ourselves of the responsibility to actually put some put some work in. You know what I mean? So even those um, those gatherings that should be productive can go south if we're not intentional about guarding and, and, and steering the messaging that happens in that in that space. And, you know, I'm reminded of an ancient king named Solomon who concluded that to increase in knowledge is to increase in sorrow. And ain't that the truth, y'all? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't we know folks who think that there is virtue in knowing and repeating or retweeting all the bad news, you know, unfortunately, this is where the woke community, I got to I got to give them a side eye. I mean, there's they can't be happy about nothing. You know, they, there's some virtue in being mad. There's always something to be mad about because there's always bad news going on in the world. Now, mind you, they're retweeting often, but rarely posting solutions. They just vent ad nauseum to their own echo chamber. Right. I mean, the people that are being positive and moving on, they have already unfollowed them. So really, they're just talking to each other. They're talking amongst themselves. And so solutions never bubble up in a conversation. And, uh, you know, while I'm here to invoke the spirit of the late literary uh, legend, Lady Toni Morrison, who said, if you want to fly, you have to cut the shit that weighs you down. That's right. If you want to fly, you have to cut the shit that weighs you down. One remedy to that is to surround yourself with positive people. And don't let negative people infiltrate your circle. You got to cut the shit out. Uh, as a Hebrew writer uh, of, of ancient of ancient writings once said, you got to lay aside every weight that so easily besets you, so that you could run the race before you. Every day you hit the bed, hit hit the ground, getting out of the bed. There's a race set before you. You know, there's there's some things making a demand of you. There's some goals that you've already set. You can't let something knock you off your square. Some bad news that somebody wants to volunteer to you that you didn't even ask for. So sometimes that means laying people aside so that you can be more nimble. Uh, you can have more cognitive clarity and you can get your stride and set into a, a comfortable pace so that you can end the day well, so that you could be content with your contribution for that day. So we want to be insulated by a squad of positive people because chances are that positive people will have positive news on their lips. They'll have solutions uh, to, to, to talk about and to share amongst the tribe. Right. So the prerequisite, though, here's here's the catch. The caveat is that you, me, we, us, we have to be positive people ourselves because we will attract ourselves to us. It's the mirror effect. So a good barometer of where we are in life right now is to just take inventory of the company we keep. You know what I mean? Like eventually we might have to ask ourselves, why do I keep getting tagged in all the trauma porn? You know, what about my timeline and how I've curated my social media space says to people that I want you to inbox some me some bad news. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what made so-and-so text me this gossip? Like how do I rock? Like, what's my swag? Like, what 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 am I projecting for them to think that I, I get down like this? You know, there's a saying that has merit. Uh, I see the veracity in this axiom that says uh, water finds its own level uh, everywhere I go. I see it. They, it finds its own level. Positive people find chronic negativity to be repulsive and vexation of spirit is damaging to their well-being. And likewise, negative people are actually offended. <laughs> They're repelled. Uh, they can't figure it out by positive people. I mean, seriously, uh, you know, imagine this. There's there's people that uh, they interpret your positivity as an affront. 
<laughs> they're, they're, they're offended by it. But you know what? Let them be offended. Turn up. Turn it, turn it up a notch so that you can separate the weeds from the roses. You can separate the ones from uh, the ones who help from the ones that hinder your progress and your productivity. Because we got the responsibility to till our own garden. It's up to us to not allow weeds in the garden of our mind and in the garden of our social social life. Because one thing is for sure, weeds beget weeds until they just take over. So if we become lax or if we allow things to go on, you know, just on autopilot, um, you know, then it, it, we're going to have a we're going to have a, 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 a cancer on, on our hands, you know. But here's the good news. It's not too late to return to being vigilant about the maintenance of our garden if we slipped a little bit. Let's just nip it in the bud. Don't procrastinate and break in all those toxic and trauma bonds. Don't be disillusioned, y'all. Please hear me out. Don't be disillusioned to think that you can save them. Hear me. Let me be clear. You cannot save them. In fact, you enable them the longer you pretend you can save them while you're entertaining them. Get rid of that savior complex, fam. You know, when the student is ready, then the teacher shows up. Sometimes you got to let people just wear themselves out and then let them come to you. I can even hear, you know, I'm thinking about, um, you know, in, in the Bible, uh, there's there's a place where Jesus says, all those who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I'll give you rest. Sometimes you got to let them let people just stay where they at. Let them wear themselves out. Let them let them self-identify. You know, what? I'm weary. I'm worn out by this bad news. Now I'm going to come to you. Sometimes you can't go get them. You got you to gotta keep the door open, let there be an invitation, but you got to set the conditions that, hey, when you recognize that you're at your, your end, I can help you. But I can't help you if you think I'm going to come and participate in your foolishness. You follow what I'm saying? Because those people, they don't want salvation. They want sympathy and they want you to participate. And you can't help miserable people become happy anyway. Can I tell you a secret? Can I tell you the truth? You can't help them be, be happy. You cannot. You can't impart happiness. You can't say, take some of my happiness. No, fam, that ain't how it works. Shoot, if it was, I'd bottle it up and sell it. Happiness, y'all, is an inside job. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you engage people who are already at war, at conflict with themselves, then just know that you're requesting or you're consenting to a fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I used to engage with people and I used to leave the conversation, leave the interaction distraught. And it's like, what happened to the peace that I had before I engaged them? Then I had to realize, like, wait a minute, they're not even at peace with themselves. Like they have nothing else to offer, nothing else to bring to the table. And so now that I've marked them and I know that I need to be honest with myself and keep it a buck that if I reach out to them, knowing the state that they're in and I don't gird up my mind, I'm going to be I'm going to be infected with that type of thinking because because energy is contagious. Y'all know that. Right. So. If, 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 here's the truth. If they aren't enjoying their own company before I come, <laughs> they cannot enjoy my company. <laughs> the truth is people got to learn how to enjoy themselves. If they're not enjoying themselves, it's just them in the room and they're miserable. Yo, th they, they have no other emotion, no other experience to offer up when they open the door for me. <laughs> you know, and so what I'm trying to say is like we can never really enjoy other people's company anyway, you know. What's really going on is we're enjoying ourselves in the midst of their company. So I got to be happy with Fred before you even show up. And then when you come, I'm just happy with Fred in your company. <laughs> so you get to witness the happiness that I was experiencing 
already. You follow what I'm saying? And so we tend to like being around pleasant people where we don't have to be so tense, defensive and guarded. You know what I mean? We're kind of just enjoying ourselves without having to explain. But we got to get to a place where we're happy with ourselves and then other people being happy along with us is just an extra benefit. And uh, nothing. we're not easily uh, knocked off our square. I'm rambling and I'm kind of getting off course. But what I'm basically trying to say is if people are not happy with themselves, don't expect them to uh, have happiness. Uh, Don't don't expect their speech to be consistent with their mood. Okay, if they're not enjoying themselves, there's no way that they're going to enjoy you. And that's going to be reflective, reflected in in, in their conversation. So what we got to do is we got to understand, you know, we're tripartite. We're integrated human beings that our thoughts affect our emotions uh, and our the emotional weight that we accumulate. That baggage can drain our physical strength. So our thoughts, then our emotions, and it will manifest in physical symptoms. It will look and feel like fatigue. It will look and fe- it, it will release cortisol in our body that will manifest in, um, uh, in, in, in stress eating or even weight retention. And a whole host of other uh, unwanted health ailments, right? So, uh, but but as soon as we get it, as soon as we understand the connection that we're fully integrated, you know, that we're uh, tripartite beings, I think we'll be more diligent in protecting our energy, you know. And here's why we got to protect our energy. I've heard it said this way. I, I took the scenic route just to get to this point. I've heard it said that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, whether you are a person of faith or you don't like the word Lord and all that connotation, just know joy is your strength. You can get more done being joyous than you can by being a sourpuss. All right. So so make sure that once you get to a place where you enjoy yourself, you protect that fam. You guard your energy. You make it known that you don't have the bandwidth. You don't have the time and you don't have the intention to entertain bad news that you don't even have solutions for. Like it's not a part of your your assignment. You know what I'm saying? The best thing you can do is focus on your assignment and let that have rippling effects to, to help, uh, you know, affect your home, affect your person, then affect your, your family, affect your community and let it ripple on out from your community to neighboring communities to the city and, and so forth and so forth. That, that, that I feel like that is the most practical approach that we can take. All right, we're going to wrap it up. So let me just leave you with this thought. It is, in in my opinion, it is a daily gift and precious and a divine right. It is a privilege and a responsibility to set our intentions for the day. Don't just hit the ground running aimlessly, but each and every day. In fact, it's preferable to do it the night before to write out your intentions, to declare what you intend to do. You may not get through it all, but at least you woke up with a plan. The simple act of planning our day and setting our intention, to me, it just feels like it has a, a air of, uh, of being prophetic. And I may not prophesy to other people, but doggone it, I better be able to prophesy to myself. I, I ought to be able to at least, you know, it better not fall all the way flat. I, I ought to have some type of strength <laughs> to where I can declare what the day will hold for me. I mean, I got something to do with the outcome of the day. I should at least be able to will myself to eat properly. I could declare that I'm only going to consume so many calories. I can declare and then set my intention that I'm going to contact so many people. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to make this contribution, right? That is our, 
it's a sweet divine right. It's a privilege and it's a responsibility. And we have to be vigilant not to allow other people with malintent, good intent or indifference to cause us to alter what we made our reason mind up to do. When we realize how precious and impactful this simple but profound act is of us using our free will to order our steps and establish our posture is, then we won't allow anyone to to trespass and to infringe upon it. Right now, initially, you may not know what type of news a messenger is coming with. I get that. Right. Not until they begin talking, but it's never too early (laughs) or never too late to withdraw your participation from the conversation and redirect your intention. And look, if they interpret it as rude, if if uh, then you can also interpret their act to be rude. I mean, it is rude, right? I mean, they are making assumptions. I mean, look at it this way. Who comes and craps on a well-manicured lawn and thinks that it's okay? Here you are going about your well-crafted, uh, pre-designed day, and then a messenger brings you some crap, some unsolicited information that's tantamount to crapping on someone's lawn i would say you know that that's how we got to that's how serious we have to look at it you know um and and we cannot show up the way we want or serve our communities the way we want if we aren't at our best if we're being bogged down and encumbered with everybody's drama so our best contributions to the world is not contrived sympathy And it's not entertaining gossipers and negative prognosticators. No, our best contribution is made when we show up sober, focused, and void of all the clutter that would otherwise drown out sound thinking. As always, I appreciate you tuning in one more again with your guy. While you're here, just a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fred Talks is available on every podcast platform. And hey, run me those stars, fam. If you appreciate the show, say so. Log on to Apple iTunes and drop me a line about what you enjoy about the podcast. Leave that five-star review so the podcast becomes easier to find for others who are looking for something just like this. You probably don't think it's much support because it doesn't cost you much, but it absolutely means a lot to me that you would take a moment to do that for me. So thank you in advance. Hey, y'all have a great week. Tune in next week for another dope episode.